This is the Fenway Rundown, the premier podcast for all things Boston Red Sox. You know, people harp on the last place thing, but essentially what's important is the record. If the Red Sox want people to start thinking the ownership cares, then maybe they should talk. This is the Fenway Rundown, brought to you by Mass Live. Here are your hosts, Chris Cotillo and Sean McAdam. It's Thursday, which means it's time for another Fenway Rundown podcast, Mass Live's Red Sox show. Sean McAdam traveling today home from St. Petersburg, so I'll be your solo host, Chris Cotillo, and we have a guest uh, for my first time on here with a guest in a little while, Zach Kelly, Red Sox reliever, rehabbing Red Sox reliever at this point, joining us from uh, Virginia, I guess, which is a place you uh, know very, very well as you continue your rehab process. So, Zach... uh, I think everybody knows kind of the basics of the story. You're on a rehab assignment now, but you can just start with kind of a status update, status check on where things are, um, what the plan is moving forward, and how you're feeling. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, two rehab outings in right now. Um, I got another one tomorrow, another one on Sunday, and then uh, I think I get back up to the, to New England next week with a couple outings in uh, Portland and Worcester, but everything feels good so far. Um, I, I, I feel stuff wise, I feel, I feel pretty good with, with where everything is at. Um, still got to work on some, on some things about, you know, just being in a zone. I had, you know, pretty, pretty good one on Friday in Greenville and then on Tuesday in, in Salem was a little, a little bit different, <laughs> but, uh, I feel good. Everything feels good. I feel healthy. Uh, so now I'll just kind of get through this next week and a half and see what happens after that. Let's go back to April 12th. I know it's a uh, night you probably would rather forget, but just kind of the scene playing out at Tropicana Field. Um, you know, for those of us that were there, it looked really, really bad. I think you thought in the moment, yeah. as as emotional as you were, that this was going to be potentially, you know, a Tommy John thing that would you know, take you out for at least the rest of this year and probably some of next. I mean, I know talking to you then and the, and the days after, you you were thinking worst case scenario – just kind of, you know, I know you, you talked to us that night, which was most guys, you know, wouldn't uh, address the media and kind of tell us how you're feeling. But just looking back, um, were you pretty certain in your head it was a Tommy John thing? Obviously, you've been through something similar in the past. Um, yeah, I'm still kind of surprised that it wasn't uh, just yeah. because the just because the feeling was from when I, I did it, I did it the first time was was pretty much the same. Um and so I, I'm still kind of shocked that nothing was wrong with the UCL. Um, but, you know, luckily it was. And like you said, just, you know, that initial fear of, I guess, probably being out, you know, at least until April of next year, probably even longer um, was scary. Um, fortunately, we're not in that boat. Unfortunately, we might get to hopefully put ourselves in a position to kind of salvage a, a little bit of this season. But uh, any, you know, I, I know those seasons kind of the timing is kind of running out, but you know, what I, I really don't want to do is kind of turn a, you know, a five month injury into a, a 10 month, um, just not getting, not being able to get back before the season ends. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely, definitely glad we're, we're in this spot. Not the, uh, not what we initially thought. So the, the plan is to get a few big league outings at the end of the year still. Uh, I hope so. Um, you know, my, my, my job is to kind of get get myself healthy 
uh, and get through these rehab outings healthy. And then after that, it's not really my decision. Right. Um, you know, ideally, I, uh, you know, I, I'd love to. I'd love to get back up uh, and try to contribute in the big leagues any way I can. But, you know, ultimately, that's not my decision. So uh, my job is to kind of get myself through this next week and a half um, healthy and feeling like I'm ready to go and feeling like I can contribute and compete. And then whatever happens from there happens. And the the exact I think uh, description of the surgery went in either late April or early May an ulnar nerve transportation revision or transposition revision something like that. For those of us yeah. who are not orthopedists, can you uh, explain exactly what that is and how it kind of differs from not just Tommy John but also the you know the um, internal brace that that you had and, and Trevor's story I think you know more recently for the Red Sox had. Uh, yeah, so in 2020, they um, did the nerve trend, my older nerve transposition, where uh, they, I, they they basically just move it, uh, take some pressure off of it with uh, the from the, the UCL operation. Um, and then uh, they, they got to create new tunnels for the nerve to kind of flow through. And basically, how it was explained to me is that there was a like a, a sheath of tissue that was like kind of sewn around my nerve where it was like that was holding it in place and uh i ripped through it somehow um the the, the surgeon said it's a very kind of rare thing that he sees like he said yep. he maybe gets it once every four or five years and so you know i guess i'm the i'm the lucky candidate of, mm-hmm. of you know this half decade but um <laughs> Yeah, that's us. That's where we're at. But uh, so you know, it wasn't very invasive. It wasn't you know very high tech. He said all they had to do was go in and just pretty much reattach it. Said it took them about twenty minutes. And so, just one of those things that there's no way there's no way to fix other than to right. to go in there and take care of it. That night, um, you know, not just I think was tough for you because you were hurt and and fearing the worst, but also you know, the timing of it. And, and you've said this before, right. That, you know, making the opening day roster, considering your background, your journey is uh, an unheralded guy and, and everything you've been through was such an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, so to have it kind of at least temporarily taken away for you from you, like two weeks later, how difficult was that? Yeah, very, um, you know, like you said, it hasn't really been the most, you know, linear journey for me. Um, I've been been around, been a couple of different places, and um, you know, fortunately, you know, like you said, made the roster on opening day, um, and you know, I feel like I was, you know, throwing the ball fairly well um, to start the year. A couple of things I would have liked to have done better uh, those first couple of outings, but you know, all in all, I thought I felt like I was um, throwing throwing well, um, and then yeah, just like you said, two weeks in. If I don't even know if it was two full two full weeks in, but to just kind of realize that in that moment that chances are my season's probably over. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty tough. Uh, it's because put so much work into the off season and and so much work into in, in spring training trying to to make the team, and then you know after you make the team, it's like all right, how do I stay here? Because um, it's you know. You know, you got, you had guys coming back. You're sitting there with all your options, and you're trying to 
you know, just it's almost like an audition. I feel right. like with because just with the roster situation that we had at the time. Does it? I mean, how I guess in that vein did that motivate you during this rehab process? Obviously, you spent um, most of the last few months in Fort Myers, which was uh, as we've talked about extremely extremely hot and probably uh tedious yeah. at times but um when you're going through that how much you know now that you've tasted the majors getting back there how much of, of that is motivation a lot i think um just knowing that um you had just the it, this rehab was a lot easier than the rehab i had done before just because i was around guys that you know were doing the same stuff as i was mm-hmm. um guys that kind of had the same goal in mind and um, we had a good pretty good group down there i mean we had you know, mills mills was it down there for a while and story story made a cameo down there for a few weeks and monesty obviously still down there and, mm-hmm. and then there's a bunch of my league guys that um you know maybe i haven't played with but you know seen around the complex um throughout the last couple of years and got to you know develop some relationships with those guys and the, the training staff and so it you know, it was a good environment down there, which I think made it easier. But um, like you said, just, you know, watching watching the, the guys play every night didn't have been, haven't missed a game. And so uh, watching them and seeing um, the season unfold uh, and just watching those guys go through it and grind through it and um, definitely, definitely some motivation there to get back. And hopefully we're hopefully we're on the on the front front step of doing that. I know that you've you know been around really established kind of star major leaguers now being in, in big league camp and on the roster at the end of last year and, and different guys throughout your career, but kind of that, you know, one-on-one time, I'm, I'm not sure the exacts, but you have with, with story and Fort Myers, like people talk about how he's, you know, crazy hard worker, crazy athlete. And he was kind of hitting all these steps in his rehab really early. What did you learn just from being around him for, for that period of weeks? Uh, I think just, um, he's very, you know, methodical and like, I guess the work that he does, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's pretty strict. He's not, he's not trying to, I guess, rush through any reps. Like, I mean, if he has, let's just, you know, say he has 20 throws, he's going to take a time with each, with each one of those 20 throws. You're not gonna, not gonna, you know, rush through it just to, to kind of get something done and move on to the next. So. Uh, it was it was kind of nice having him down there just because we were able to also, um, you know, talk about talk about the surgery and the progression for him right. because we both had the exact same thing. Um, obviously, his was a little bit different as a position player than mine was as a pitcher, but you know the dynamic of it was kind of kind of similar. But um, I think just watching him and I mean even like some of the times he's in the cage, just you know tracking pitches and kind of going through a thought process when you wouldn't even think that you would have a thought process mm-hmm. tracking balls off a pitching machine, but he does and he goes in depth and um, that's pretty, pretty cool to see. Honestly, pretty cool just to see a different perspective from, you know, a position player standpoint. Um, and especially when you get someone like Trev who's been around and been, you know, playing at a pretty high level for a long time. It makes it, makes it better. I know that you're, you know, not a team doctor and you're not, authorized to speak on the specifics of the situation i'm sure but the i think the for red sox fans adalberto mondesi has been something of a a mystery man and you had you know a lot of time to see him kind of go through um 
this process obviously and it looks like he's out for the year and never going to be able to uh, suit up this year because recurring pain as he comes back from that acl injury but what did you see from him and, and kind of learn about him as a person during your time together down there really good dude because uh, he was pretty quiet in spring training and um you know spring training i'm with my, i'm with the pitchers the whole time right um and so even with a little chance I do get, have to talk to the position players, it's not, it's nothing usually more than a, Hey, how you doing? Unless we're in the dugout or at a game. So, um, but mine, no, Monty, he, the guy looks like a, he looks like a creative player off of MLB the show. Like the dude is built. The dude just looks, he looks like a baseball player when he's, when he, he's on the field, um, takes really good swings kick kick and play I, I mean i don't know if it's just because he was in kansas city and you you know they kind of go under the radar but like i had never really seen a guy play and then just kind of seeing him build up uh with some drills and drill work and stuff was that was it was pretty impressive um like you said unfortunately he's not gonna be able to, to to play this year um but you know i think he i think he'll be fine hopefully hopefully we kind of get over the the uh, ACL recovery and then he can get back to doing what he does. After all that time in Fort Myers, which again, I'm sure was you know, as enjoyable at times, very tedious at times. And yeah. um, you know, I think the spring training experience for reporters down there in that area is pretty tedious. So I can uh, only imagine doing it with a select group of people in the middle of the summer. Um, there was a comment Alex Cora made uh, a few weeks ago. I think we were in Washington where he kind of brought you up unprompted and said, you know, we're going through injury updates, talking about, you know, Whitlock and how can sell and story and um, some of these guys that are coming back. And, and he went out of his way to say that you going down was a big hit for the Red Sox and they were looking forward to getting you back. And um, did you notice that? And then for him to kind of do that, considering, you know, how long it had been, did that mean – something fire up a little bit too yeah i think so i, mean, I appreciate it i mean it's very easy to you know kind of feel like you're exiled down here in Fort Myers, and you know kind of just um like you said kind of forgotten just because you know it's we're at the the dog days we're at the you know mm -hmm. at the finish line here and uh, everybody's trying to make that final playoff push and it's like i haven't i've only been up in boston for i don't know what two three days since april and so yep um i think i think it does it's kind of you know like a little build of confidence that, um that like you said yeah you know, not forgotten they, they, you know they still remember who i am i guess but no um, <laughs> right. a little like just a little bit of motivation to get back to get, try to get back as soon as i can and uh, try to be the best i can be whenever that time comes you said you've watched every game i know you're big on Twitter notifications related to the team or X notifications, whatever they are, and paying attention. Some guys shut it down and don't pay attention. You've been the exact opposite this whole process. What have you thought of just the bullpen and the way it's performed? I mean, you know, Jansen and I, I think has had a good year. Martin has had one of the best years I've seen Unbelievable. from yeah. any Red Sox player that I've covered. Um, you know, Winkowski stepping up, Schreiber, the way he's pitched for most of the year, you know, like, what have your impressions been of that group? You know, Bernardino, some of these guys coming out of nowhere too. I mean, there's some dogs, man. There's some dogs down there. I mean, those are my guys, obviously, but you know, like you said, these guys just keep going out every single night and, and doing it. And, you know, 
it's very easy to, you know, get to get to the mid-August point and kind of hit that wall and um, kind of, you know, start to go downhill. But, you know, these guys are, you know, they just keep coming every single night. Um, we're, they're, they're pounding the zone. They're, the wink's throwing gas. Marty hasn't given up a run since four years ago at this point. <laughs> right. I mean, these guys are, you know, they're grinding, man. Um, it's been really, it's been really fun to see. And, you know, especially to kind of, I think, I think, uh, you know, I'm maybe a little bit biased, but just to, you know, to kind of see what Wink has done this year is because me and him kind of came up together mm-hmm. and, my, and both, we, you know, neither of us have really been here for our, our whole careers, but we kind of came up together and just to kind of see him go from, you know, a starter and then to a reliever and then to, you know, a, a dominant reliever this year has been really fun really fun to see unfold and there's a lot of guys who've taken steps forward guys that you have you know known really well from from your time in the minors and just you know i'll throw out a few names and you can kind of go wherever you want with it but your impressions seeing from the performances from especially casas but duran before he got hurt bayo wong crawford i mean is it cool to see these guys have that much major league success yeah, I, yeah, it's it's definitely cool. It's not honestly, it's not nothing I can say I'm surprised about. Um, I think you know, with all of us, there's kind of been that little adjustment period. To, you know, from you know, first I guess first getting getting up to the big leagues, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm not surprised at what these guys have done. I've, I've seen them do this the last, you know, the last two or three years. I think, I think the the failures get a little bit more. I guess under under a microscope in the major leagues and they do in AAA, right. and so it's you know if it's like everybody just kind of you know puts more puts more emphasis on the failure, but I mean you, you know the success I know the success was going to come and obviously mm-hmm. it has for a lot of these guys and so um, not surprised just glad glad to see it kind of at you know at the the highest level and kind of let a lot more people kind of be able to see what I've seen the last couple of years. How would you describe uh, Tristan Casas at bat and then kind of what he's been able to do these last few months? Um, he's, it's a good at bat. Um, obviously, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to face him just because he's so patient. Um, um, but, he'll, yeah. he'll, scream, he'll scream out the pitches yeah, and if he yeah, walks, he he'll scream he's too. Not. So. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, it's just, it's fun to watch just because, you know, he, he's, he's young and, uh, he, a lot of the, you know, more times than not, the young, younger players are the more aggressive ones. Um, but you know, he's patient, he knows what he, he knows what he's doing, uh, or what he's trying to do. He, he, he's at the play with the plan and, um, it's, it's been really fun to watch him. I know, um, uh, you know, at some point, kind of through the first part of April, he was something and kind of struggling a little bit. Uh, and now he's just really turned it on. Um, I'm not surprised to kind of see him in the in the rookie of the year race. Um, he has he has a ton of pop. Um, really, just really, really good defensively. I trust you know, even when you know any ball that get kind of gets thrown in the first base, I feel like Tristan has a chance on it. Um, he's made some ridiculous, ridiculous picks this year over at first base. And so, um, really good player, uh, obviously, um, been around him for a while. And so been able to kind of see the other side of him too, which is, which is always fun. 
we'll completely switch gears to end it here because it is football season. Yes. At some at some point, you and I will host a, an ACC basketball and football podcast of Mass Live and the Red Sox ever give us the green light for that. But your uh, <laughs> your Virginia Tech Hokies with a big win over Old Dominion thirty six seventeen, according to Google search I just did. Uh, like that one flew under the radar a little bit the other day, especially for a Carolina fan that watched Drake Mays Heisman candidacy start and their undefeated season start the way it did this week against Purdue, then Rutgers, little Big Ten stretch here, um, and then they're going to get absolutely blown out by Florida State in a few weeks. But your your official, right. we'll start with with Virginia Tech. Your official um, prediction for their season. Um. You know, like you said, you know, just a, a, a nice win over Old Dominion, nothing crazy, but uh, these next two games, we need to, he's out of conference games, got to gotta get up to 3-0 before uh, the home stretch here. But um, our run defense was pretty tough the other day. If they can tighten that up, I I think an 8-4 is respectable. Okay. Is maybe it, give or take one, maybe, you know, get a couple, get a, get a bounce here, 9-3, maybe get, you know, get – a negative, get something negative, and go seven to five. You know, I like that range though. That that smells like the wasabi Fenway Bowl to me in that range, which would be I, probably good I wouldn't for be you. Upset. I mean, I wouldn't be upset. I'd be there. Yeah. Um, heels are going twelve and zero again. They'll face off against Florida State in the ACC championship game. No, uh, you can book your tickets already. Uh, the schedule's no, weak. They're not. No, they're not. Clemson's Clemson's the only team that theoretically should scare you. Uh, but now they suck. So, it. Oh my! Hold on. Who we who we have here for North Carolina? All right. Yeah. Okay. Duke? Jesus. Yeah. Twelve is and the, Is this the easiest schedule in the country or what? I hope so. They're they're due for it after usually the one they play. I um, mean, Jesus. And then you are <sighs> now sorry. rooting rooting for a Tar Heel. Because Sam Howell's taken over for your Washington Commanders, I am. Uh, am. Are they? Uh, are they actually going to be good? I think they have the potential to be good. I think they. I. I, I think they're. I don't think they're going to do much noise in the. Uh, in the East, but I think uh, you know a over five hundred record is in is in play for the Commanders this year, which is a good step. Good step in the in the right direction for us. Okay. Yeah, that's. You know? I mean, that is a step. It is. I'll take and they it. Might, and they might have a projected, you know, win total higher than the Patriots, which I think is six and a half in most books. Which, it, the, yeah, the um, the Commanders is also six and a half too. Well, November fifth, which I know you plan on being attendance. So Tom Brady goes to Gillette this weekend. Zach Kelly goes to Gillette. November fifth, <laughs> they're touting both as as huge, huge, huge days uh, for Patriots faithful. With Zach. In all seriousness, glad you are uh, on the mend and, and close to getting back here. And appreciate the time. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. This has been the Fenway Rundown, brought to you by Mass Live.